Hello and welcome to another edition of Thoughts from Player One, the podcast where we take an in-depth look at one narrative or story-focused game and give our thoughts about it. As always, I'm Alex. I'm Duncan. And this week we are once again not doing what I say in the intro, but it's all muscle memory so I can't change the words. Uh, We are going to take a little bit of a chill week because I got back from vacation about 20 hours ago uh, and we're just going to kind of give a rundown on on what we've been playing so far in 2019, similar to the episode we did previously. And, and give us a chance to talk about games that we maybe couldn't do a full episode on, but we wanted to highlight something something interesting or unique about them. It sounds like that whole sentence you just said, you could not, you weren't allowed to take a breath. Zero like, percent of me. I've forgotten how to podcast, Duncan. I get on a plane and my body forgets how to podcast. It'll be seven or eight episodes before I'm back on track and then I'll fly somewhere else. <laughs> You're like, well, we are going to look at one typical kind of game. That's not what we usually do. But, uh, you know, today we're going to do something different. We're going to talk about... Hey, you know what? You know game. what? I'm trying to podcast efficiently. All right? Ooh. Dead space is wasted space. That's yeah. what I always say. And I had a chill week because I just smoked tons of green. Tons of weed. <laughs> glad you clarified because I don't <laughs> think people knew what smoking tons of green meant. Does anyone call it green? Yes! Oh. <laughs> it's not like a you thing. Yeah, no, I thought it was a me thing. All right, <laughs> so, uh, Duncan, start uh, us off. Uh, uh, okay. Oh yes, for real though. No Seth Rogen here. There's no Seth Rogen here. It's just me, Duncan. So, what have I been playing in 2019? It's a good question. Mm-hmm. I looked at the list of my Steam recent games because I'm like, let's let's really see what I've been diving into, right? And I realized that like within the year of 2019. I've maybe played like ten like games on my PC, and like most of those are just for the podcast. Yeah, that's true though. That's really true. Which is probably what we should have opened with, which what we're doing it right now. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, we got there. We got then, there. And then I turned around and looked at my like little game shelf, and I went, "Oh, that's where all the games been hiding. <laughs> <laughs> that's where all where I've been playing a ball. So out in the open on the shelf, yeah. that's where they've been hiding. So I've been playing as many PC games. I've been really into the like most people into the Nintendo Switch. I think it is one of the probably the best game console, in my opinion, that I've ever owned. It's hmm. something that I hmm. think I will enjoy for a while just because it's like i love playing it in bed man i just there's something so nice about it and it's like it can play games that other handheld devices couldn't play and like it's just such a beautiful thing and this this isn't the switch podcast so what have i been playing on the switch though it's super mario maker that came out last month no, Super Mario Maker Two, that would oh, be then, right? Oh, yeah, two, 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 two. They're oh, the same. I bought the wrong one. Been playing the wrong one this whole time. Listen, the Wii U is my favorite <laughs> console. Okay, it has a web camera where you can have lagged phone conversations with Shigeru Miyamoto. If anyone wow. hasn't seen that video, it's not like very. It's not like super circulated, but it's really funny. The Reggie and Shigeru are having like a conversation on the Wii U gamepad, and he's like. Hello, Reggie. How are you doing today? I am fine. How are you doing? And it's like, they could have edited to make it sound better, but it's so funny. No way. Authentic through and through. Yep. I mean, they're legit over there. Anyway, so, Super Mario Maker 2. Uh, I bought this last month when it came out, um, 
and because I really did enjoy the first one on the Wii U, except you know the Wii U gamepad is problematic. Uh, so mm-hmm. this was mm-hmm. a ton of fun for me for the last month or so. I've been playing just like random levels, playing the top levels. Although I will say that playing just like the random courses is just a blast in comparison to playing like the top courses because really you just get to see people's like i think the top courses are cool and they make me like they make me happy in a different way but there's a certain joy of just like playing something that maybe only 10 other people have played and mm, it's this person's gotcha. like creative spirit that they are just like i'm just gonna make a level and put it out there and i think there's so much content out there these days like you know uh, whether it be podcasts or like little youtube videos or games like developed games that you know it just won't reach much of an audience and i think this is a mm-hmm. piece of media that like more likely than not someone will play your level um and they will either give it a boo or a yay which is just like i feel dumb as fuck saying that but that's how it goes <laughs> Uh, they'll give it a boo or a yay, and just, like, there's something gratifying about playing someone else's, like, level and giving them that yay or boo, where it's like, I'm giving you feedback on this, and, you know, I don't know, there's just something that's really nice about that, and I think it's a medium that anyone can use in a creative, like, game developy way that it doesn't have, like, a cap, like, I think there's a decent amount of software out there that people think they need to have to like develop a game and things like that. And sometimes that is true, but like, I think this is an amazing gateway into thinking about game development in like a really base way. And I think all the tools are there and the limitations help you so much to think about game design and like, especially just with platformer platforming in Mm -hmm. such like a rudimentary way. That's like, here are the tools you have. You can't go anywhere outside of those tools. It limits the way you think about like designing levels in such a small way that is also so big. And the other thing I'll and- say is that the single player is pretty fun. Like they're just a bunch of levels made by Nintendo to like let you think about the tool. And they, I haven't gone through any of the tips, but I heard some of the tips like that people say this is a really like cool thing that nintendo's doing about like how to design the level so they and they talk they don't just talk about like use the gamepad to drag blocks on the screen they say like make sure that the level is fun for not only you but for the player because you're making an experience for them to have fun you don't want to fuck them over by just putting a ton of goombas like and bowsers uh right on top of them because that won't Mm -hmm. be fun for them and it's like i understand that but i know like you know, someone who's new to design and development and stuff like that wouldn't really might not totally understand that. And I think that's a, it's just really cool that they have all that out there. So, yeah, I think especially for like a younger audience who is maybe, you know, you know, kids who are between nine and 14 or whatever, picking it up, this is probably going to be their first entry into playing with tools like that. So having that sort of that onboarding is, is really helpful. I think, how do you, how do you feel the tool set is designed? Not in terms of like the actual pieces that you can use and how they interact, because that's just Mario and we know that's good because Mario's good. Um, But how do you feel like the tool set is at presenting itself and being navigable and everything like that? I, and I, 
you showed me a little bit of it when you know we last hung yeah. out and we you know kind of messed around with it and it seemed really intuitive but i didn't really get deep into any of that stuff the tv mode is a little frustrating but once you get used to it you can do it pretty easily but i will mm-hmm. say the touchpad is much better um, okay but you can't really like make with friends in that way or you know what i mean like there's not there's certain features that I find kind of frustrating with the handheld mode as far as like just physical features of just holding the game pad. Um, also the switch doesn't come with a stylus. So you have to drag your yeah. finger on the screen, like a Simeon or like, you know what I mean? like it just feels really dumb because my finger feels too fat for all the little sensors on there. And, uh, but, but you could just buy a stylus. Like that's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, I think they're relatively cheap, but yeah. So still. it's not a big deal, but anyways. Um, so I think, the interface is fine for the TV mode. It's as good as it can be with using a controller. Um, but I do like, this is something people complained about with the first Mario Maker is that they locked certain um, objects behind days. So if you played for one day and then came back, you could unlock a new set of enemies or like a new set of blocks. And I kind of like that. Like, Excuse me. A lot of people like talked some mad shit on that. And I just because they're like, oh, I can't have everything at the beginning. And I just it's only seven days. And if you really want it, you can just turn the internal clock forward. Like, mm-hmm. I, didn't, I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I just didn't think it was that big of a deal. And I thought it was a cool way to like introduce tools. But um, I was kind of hoping that in the single player, like you'd get more pieces as you rebuilt the castle. Cause I think that's kind of a fun way to introduce it. And like, you can keep working on your level as you get more pieces and things like that. But I think fans will ultimately be happier with just having all the tools, but I do find it a little bit overwhelming when you first open the editor and how many things there are and like how much you can do. But I guess that's what tutorials are for. Yeah, it seems like that information is, it's one of those things where it would be incredibly overwhelming, I think, if it were a brand new palette, but because so much of it is, you know, it's it's all blocks, it's all Mario enemies, it's all things that you know before, I think that takes a little bit of the edge off of how overwhelming it can be, because you're like, oh man, I, I hit this button and there's five different enemy types. Oh wait, but I kind of know how all these interact with the world already, so like, I understand why these might be grouped together, and I think that maybe makes it a little bit easier. Again, yeah. I played with the tools for, well, like 30 minutes, and that's kind of how I felt was like, there's a lot here. I'm glad that I'm not going through this by myself, but also nothing seems like, I, there's nothing where I have absolutely no fucking idea what it does. Like everything, I have some idea of why it's there or or how this would interact with everything else. Yeah. Uh, two, two other things I want to mention that are extremely small because... I just love it so much is the fact that it's just all the little things. Like when you drag blocks, it has a little like block, but it the voice is to the tune of the music that's playing in the background. And it's just like, <laughs> it's so satisfying. It's like block, 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 blah, blah. And it keeps going like that <laughs> as you drag it along. And it's just, I don't know. It's, it's little things that are really satisfying. Eventually I'll make my first level. I'm still working on it. I'm, I'm tediously crafting uh, what I like to call pipe dreams. So look out for mm, that. Good name. Look out for good pipe name. dreams. Uh, that'll be a, a, a fun level. But um, I, I just can't get over like 
the how cool it is that it's very much like a gateway into thinking about design. And I, I don't know. Do you think it's a good gateway into like development or am I kind of like overthinking of it because it's kind of like a passion, you know, for me a little bit? Um, I think it, it depends on what you mean by gateway, right? If you mean like, hey, are is this going to be like a good tool for kids to eventually like move on and get more into like larger development tools maybe i think it's self-contained enough that a lot of people won't really have that experience but i do think it is a very good gateway into people thinking more about larger design ideas that's more so, so what in i'm talking about that way maybe but I, I don't know i don't know i i would be curious to see kind of you know, five, ten years from now, the people making games, how many of them cite Mario Maker as the first instance of them kind of playing around with game design tools the yeah. way that, you know, different, I, I don't even know, ten years ago what people are citing now. But I, I would be curious to see. I could I could see that connection in the future if it kind of sparks an interest in younger generations. Well, what was, what was kind of like, because I know you can, I don't know if you remember this or anything like that, but do you have, like, any kind of like memories of making tools whether it's just like kid picks or like anything like that i'm just kind of curious hmm. or, like recording like, or video I software mean, yeah. yeah i mean there's uh, bits of those scattered around right you know i remember fucking around with mario paint to make some like dumb music stuff i remember those my cousins had like a video camera like a really shitty blue handheld one that was basically just like a camera at the end of a stick that had some software with it so like we would make really really terrible home child movies that were just <laughs> us like doing rolls and then holding out our hands and then editing in a really animated fireball and shit like that um and and that stuff was always really fun but again that didn't like that kind of sparked a creative passion in me but it didn't give it direction in the way that i feel like something like mario maker could because it gives you a kind of the whole process from pre-production all the way into distribution in one package yeah yeah i i think because like i made a game in game maker uh in like middle school and i mm -hmm. think like there's a certain isolation to it where like i didn't i just like i made this platformer and i used so many of the base tools so like it was almost kind of the same in the sense where like i just drag and dropped a lot of the same things but, like, there was no one there to see it in a way. And I just think, yeah. like, the, that's the coolest part is being able to get feedback on something almost guaranteed because at least, you know, they're going to filter your level to at least a couple people to my understanding. And, um, you know, it might not be large in numbers, but, you know, you can kind of always try again. And I think that's what's kind of cool about it. But um, I don't – yeah, I'd be super interested because, you know, we um, – I mean, we had – jay the one on the podcast uh for the hypnospace outlaw episode and like listening to him talking about some of the tools that he used uh when he was younger for like game development i wonder if kind of the same thing like you said would uh would happen i don't know it's interesting because yeah. i don't have many memories of you know making games on too many things because didn't do that as much but i don't know yeah super interesting yeah, I'll be I'll be curious to see what the future holds in regards to Mario Maker's impact, both one and two, and uh, ostensibly probably three, because from what I understand, this thing's selling gangbusters, so they'll probably make a third one. Can at they some just point. make a three D? Can I just make a Mario sixty four level? <laughs> I mean, if they were going to make a three D Mario Maker, wouldn't it make sense for it to be Mario Maker three D? <gasps> oh! 
Hold on. <laughs> Wait a minute. from Nintendo of America. <laughs> Hi, Doug Bowser. Uh, I got Alex online. He's got this. Sorry. Nice. Wait a yeah, minute. He's gonna... He's gonna ask Shigeru. Wait, 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 wait. Wait a minute. There's been a bit of a mix-up. Yeah, he said Mario Maker 3D will be in development. Um, how soon can you be to Texas? Me? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he wants oh. you He wants you on the head. I'm sorry. I, do, I love the idea of... Doug Bowser calling me up and being like, I want you to head this massive project for Nintendo and me being like, I got a couple of small things I got to take care of. Are you free in like September? I don't know, man. I got like, uh, you know, my current job. It's just a little busy right now. Are you free? Um, I could be there August 28th, but just that day. uh, Yeah, I'd have to come back. I wouldn't be able to get down there. Ah, what's your what's your January 2020 look like? Maybe we can figure something out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, all right, let's let's, let's move, move on because we were gonna get through about five games and we spent about 20 minutes on the first one. Yeah. Um. So I want to dive in. I, I don't. You know, uh, on the last one, I had some things prepped to say that I had been wanting to talk about for a while. I don't have that as much this time, so I'm just gonna kind of. Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna fucking free for me. You know, I just got back from vacation. You're still getting the fucking beach vibes off of this right now. Yeah. Um. So I want to talk about Fire Emblem Three Houses, which came out at the time of this recording, like, four days ago. Um, But it came out when I was on vacation, so I had some time to play it, and I had a couple of plane rides, and I had another day off today. So I've played it for, like, ten hours already. Um, And I think that game is really interesting, and it does something that I... it, It does a couple of things that I love... And some things that I fucking hate, and it's it's a good mix of those things into a game that I'm not sure how to feel about right now. Um, I, have you ever played Fire Emblem games previously, Duncan? Uh, dabbled, and by dabbled okay. I mean I played the first three levels, and I go, wow, that's fun, and then I never play again. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a lot of people. That's my experience with almost every Fire Emblem, except for one for the Super Famicom for some reason. Mm. Um, and so, it, you know, a top-down strategy game a la XCOM, which was one of the games that I talked about previously. Um, I think this particular version of Fire Emblem does a lot of really smart things in terms of providing you with extra information that previous games maybe didn't. So at the actual, like, strategy layer when you're in the fights, you know, you move characters around on a grid and they get targeted by other characters and you kind of, you know, there's a lot of mental arithmetic going on in terms of, you know, I have to kill all the other people without losing my people because if I do, they're gone forever and then I'll have to restart the whole game and that's bullshit. Um, So there's a lot of mental arithmetic around like, okay, well, how much damage do I think I do? Well, how far can this enemy move? Will they, are they likely to attack my character? Are they likely to, you know, which one of my characters that they are in range of are they likely to target? And they they give you that information just surface level in this one. You know, when you move a character, as you are moving them around on the grid, wherever you, like, stop that character, it immediately shows you how many enemies are going to target that character, and you can then see, hey, there's three lines, all three are targeting this character, so they will all attack unless I do something, whether that be moving this character around or moving other characters to, like, intercept those attacks. And it makes the game feel at least for me, a lot better because I'm no longer, like, constantly checking distances. I'm no longer constantly saving to make sure, like, oh, fuck, I hope I didn't fuck that up. I'll save six times in one battle. Um, And so it streamlines it a lot because you can just kind of move pieces around and see, like, oh, okay, I can do this, I can do that. 
And that is a a very positive change for a series that has traditionally been far too bogged down, in my opinion. I think that is part of the reason that it didn't click with me the way something like an XCOM did, which felt a lot faster. It felt like the systems interacted a lot better. Um, they've also, with some narrative hooks, tied in like a time travel type thing in this one so that you can move back time in the middle of fights, uh, two or three times a fight. I forget exactly how much it is. Um, so you can basically be like, hey, that person died, fucked everything up. I'm going to go back to the beginning of that turn and I'm going to try it again. Or you can go back two turns or you can go back all the way to the start of the fight. And you can do that a number of times, which also helps move things along a lot quicker because you don't have to be restarting fights because you accidentally fucked up one turn an hour into this hour-long fight and then suddenly you have to start from the beginning so they do a lot of really smart stuff like that they do a lot of like really smart strategy changes but oh my god duncan there's so much fucking anime in between there yeah. there's so much anime in yes. between the strategy but not not great anime is the problem no. it's like <laughs> it's like there's a lot of anime but 80% of it is filler anime. Give me, like, and like, give me an equivalent. Oh, it's really hard. It's all of the anime that I am referring to right now. Because there is that, like, we, here, you know... Can we roleplay one and you can kind of give me a gist? I don't know how I would do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, okay. first off, the characters are anime, right? Like, you choose one of three different houses, so I can only speak for a third of the total characters in the game. But, like... One of the guys that you get is this huge, muscly dude whose shirt is con like the buttons on his button-down shirt are constantly like stressed open okay, because he's so character. big, and all he talks about is like, "Oh man, I love meat. I I'll protect people. I love fighting. I'm not so smart." Like he doesn't. He's yeah. very much that anime trope. Yes, but then there's also, like, the anime girl who's, like, really into cutesy stuff, but she's also really strong, but you don't get any of that. Like, you just get, she's really into cutesy stuff and pushes other people towards that direction, and then there's, like, the people from the farming village where their family was killed, so they're trying to do this to, like, save everyone. Like, everyone is an anime trope, and the interactions between those characters, which comprise a lot of the time in the game, is very surface level for a lot of them. Mm -hmm. that's, not, that's not true of every character. But there are just a lot of interactions where you just don't care. Like, um, and this kind of getting into the nitty gritty, there's like the way the characters' relationships are um, determined and tracked is by something called a support level. All you really need to know is it goes from C up to S. And as that like increases a new rank, the way that that manifests is you get a short cutscene of them talking. And like you do that in between fights, you get to open a menu and you see everybody who has a conversation with one another. And, like, you don't get that benefit until you watch that cutscene. And I finished mm. a fight and looked at that cut, like, the list of the cutscenes at one point and went, oh, my God, here goes 20 minutes of this bullshit. Um, and the problem is, like, some of it's good, but the majority of it just isn't. So, like, I'm 10 hours into the game, and I have done probably six fights, maybe, maybe what? seven, if you include, like, a short one. Because there's, like... 30 to 50 minutes in between each one like it's no. a lot of and like not all of that is running around anime cutscenes so you're like the dressing on this one is you are a teacher in like this 
very clearly evil megachurch um, ah. that kind of <laughs> controls a, a lot of the land. Nintendo you gotta love, like, hey, this is a big church. Everybody seems very nice. And then they're like, oh, well, they raised swords against us. Kill them all. And it's like, whoa, okay, well, you guys are evil, but my character hasn't figured it out yet, so cool. Um, but, like, the the way that the teaching thing manifests is, you know, you, you get to run around and, like, on the first Monday of every week, because the game is structured into weeks and a month, you get to, you know, teach a lesson, or you get to choose, you know, five different people to instruct, and which, you know, of their stats you want to teach them on, and which goals you want to give them, and what group projects you want to assign. And, like, that stuff is all pretty interesting, because it ties well to the strategy layer, and there's not a lot of writing, and when there is, it feels, like, tied to the character, and that stuff is all really good. But, like, the rest of it where you're just running around this 3D environment, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot of time that you have to spend running around and then finding lost items that have a one-sentence description and figuring out which of the 35 students that item probably belongs to so you can get your, like, support level up by one with them. And, like, I just don't care about that. And like My eyes are, they're close. Yeah, it's it's a lot. <laughs> it's, and the problem is Yeah, go ahead. This game is like it's supposed to be like 60 to 70 . Like that's a lot and that's one of the three houses. So you yeah. could ostensibly get like 200 something hours out of this game. And I don't Ooh. it might speed up. Like I said, I'm 10 hours in, which feels like a lot, but that's basically like hey, like I haven't gotten to the like standard fire emblem time skip that usually happens about halfway through the story so maybe things will change from there like i am enjoying this game don't get me wrong i've put 10 hours into it i don't regret it but there is too much bloat in this game and like i love it but man it's not it's not exactly what i was hoping for i want the anime writing to be better i want the anime shit to be either more or less anime but it is the wrong amount of anime right now i feel like you would be satisfied with just like excuse me like battles like maybe a minute of conversation and then battles with just most of that stuff just nuked just like gone i don't want all of it nuked because I do think there is good stuff in there and I think adding context like you need to spend time with the characters because you need to care about them which is why like the fact that they can die forever is impactful mm. like I just think that the like there's too much other stuff and the conversations that you get are too frequently nothing like sometimes they're good and maybe there are just characters that I like that I haven't seen a lot of yet um, but I, I think that you could probably nuke 40 or 50% of it, and I would enjoy it more. Do you think it's kind of just like a symptom of of kind of a creep of, of um, amount of dialogue? Like, there's just so much dialogue to be written that they're like, I love meat, and I will fight the men, and I am stronger <laughs> than you. I don't need brain. <laughs> Like, do you think that's just a yeah. symptom of just having to write too much stuff because they had to, like, think about the relations between all of these different characters? Or do you think it's just it, kind of like... It very well might be that. It, mm. it very well could. And let me say that the way I am playing it right now is going through and doing everything. I'm, I'm fishing. Mm. I'm cooking meals. I'm talking to everybody mm. who's got a speech bubble. And I think probably that's just the wrong that's, way to do it. That's nasty, dude. You're sick. You sickened me. I, <laughs> you know what? Actually, 
take all of Alex's opinions and just throw them out the goddamn window. Because you know what's bullshit? Is you sat here for 10 minutes, you're 15 maybe, complaining about how much dialogue there was and how much additional anime trope stuff there is. But this boy going up to every NPC and talking to them? What do you expect? They've got things on their map that signify they've got something to say. So I go and I talk to them. And like, can you skip the dialogue? You can skip through it quickly. Yeah, it is not like it's all fully voice acted, but you can you know just mash A and get through it really voice quickly. Acted? As so far, I have not come across <laughs> a line of dialogue that was not voice acted. Oh man, I love, I love voice acting in those kind of games. All right. <laughs> it's occasionally bad. Yeah. Um, but so I, I think right. probably I will stop doing quite as much of it. Um, I I wanted to get to know these characters because I wanted to care about them, but there's just too much. So I'll probably just start doing it for the characters that I find interesting and those that I don't think are good. I'll probably just start ignoring. Yeah, and I like think a, that's probably the optimal way to enjoy this game. It's like a real war general and only save your friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, come on. <laughs> no. Let's be real. That's the um, way I do it in Darkest Dungeon. So, ah, of course. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. That's that's kind of where I'm at with it right now. I'm I'm gonna keep powering through it. I'm still, you know, despite all of that. Hey, there's way too much. I am still enjoying my time with it. I do still plan on keeping to play it. I don't think I'll beat it just because it's been a long fucking time since I've beaten a 60 hour game. But you know, maybe who knows? Would you um Would you recommend it to all your gamer friends out there? I would recommend it to a small subsection of them. You heard it here, gamers. Alex says a small subsection of you might enjoy this game. I bet that yeah. instills a lot of confidence in you. <laughs> you got to be a certain type of person to like this game. Also, you have to call yourself a gamer. See our and a half episode of Identity of a Gamer. You do not, you don't have to call yourself a gamer. That was the takeaway from that episode, is don't call yourself a gamer. I may be paraphrasing, but whatever. Uh, yeah, no, I was uh, kind of joking around, having a fun. Let's, well, let's move on, because that was my that was my Fire Emblem fucking ten minutes. Yeah, so we can move on to I'm someone who prepared some things. Hey, <laughs> I prepared it by studying for ten hours in the last five days. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Um, it's, a, it's a very good plane game, I'll say that. Uh, ah, it does sound like a good plane game. I mean, the only thing that doesn't sound good about that as a plane game is that people have to look over your shoulder and see that you're playing an anime game. <laughs> and I did I did think about So you get like a tea set and you get to take people out to tea. And it's yeah, like, I, I did that. not want to do that on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> the thing was I looked at the teacher to my right and I said... I'm just going to do another fight, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's best to battle. Best to battle, for sure. Because um, mm-hmm. violence is always better than romance. Uh, People so, love violence. They hate tea. They hate tea. All right, so my next thing is, <laughs> you know what I'm sick of? I'm sick of screens. What are you sick of? I'm sick of millennials. Oh. They're always on Ooh. their goddamn screens, whether it's the computer, your phone, your tablet. I'm sick of the screens. All right. I want to return okay. to a more wholesome type of gaming. I'm talking Ooh. board games. I've Ooh, been playing okay. I'm a in. decent I'm in. amount of tabletop games. I've been buying a decent amount of tabletop games and playing them uh, with Sarah, my significant other. And uh, we've been having a ton of fun with a lot of them. And also with Alex. I've been playing some with Alex, too. Uh, so mm-hmm. the one, there's two I want to talk about briefly. Um, I want to talk about 
Root, which we played actually in technically in Hell 2018. Yeah. Uh, but I want to talk about it now because I have been playing it more. And, um, and I want to play it again in 2019, so it can. I also do want to play it again in 2019, and I want to talk about Carcassonne, which is a classic game. Um, that oh, got a little Carcassonne. Sarah and I have been playing just a ton of. So those are the two games I'm bringing to the table. Honorable Hell mention: yeah. We did play Arkham uh, Horror. I've played it with Sarah once and with Alex and Sarah once, and it's good, but it takes too damn long <laughs> and i'll tell you it i'll tell you what i was very invested but the wrong time to play it is at 11 p.m when everyone's been drinking and eating a lot yeah. that's the wrong time to enjoy that game because you won't for very long we also got like three hours into a game and i'm like can this just end please that's, that's yeah. long for a board game so, that, if you don't have five people playing a strategy game that's long for a board yeah. game uh yeah so anyways let's rewind to root so if you haven't heard of root uh i think it was pretty popular on a lot of board game like uh communities that i've seen it is a asymmetrical mm -hmm. multiplayer game where uh four people can play four different like races of animals so there's cats birds um uh, a kind of like a mix of a bunch of like mice people and just one dude just one dude going out in the forest <laughs> But not like a human dude. No. <laughs> because it's not just like, and then your man, the greatest enemy of them The greatest all. furry of all time, man. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's a raccoon as well. Um, yeah. So it's this weird kind of strategy game where there's like certain um, areas in the in this like smaller board that's connected between roads and it has like a setup where it's like okay put one cat warrior on each space and put like all of the birds in the corner because they're like territorial and like the cats are just kind of everywhere because they own the entire kingdom and this mm -hmm. mice these mice are like the rebellion so all like four of these um classes play differently and they work differently in the multiplayer and you all kind of score through victory points as you, you know, fight uh, your ally or you fight your enemies, uh, gain allies. And everyone also has a specific victory condition as well. So like, for example, the birds get accruing points, the more bases they have on different things. The, um, the vagabond character has to complete quests. So he like goes around and he's like, I have to, he's basically just Bilbo Baggins, like I have to go deliver this to this town, and like, and I guess that's not what Bilbo no, did. I was yeah. gonna say. Now, have you read The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings? Uh, I'm pretty sure Bilbo was just was just fucking uh, DoorDash, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I want a shirt that says Bilbo was the original DoorDash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saruman said, oh. "Bring the ring to the." fire doom oh i haven't seen it in the movie in a while anyways uh it's good it's good so, dude don't even worry so i really like this game because asymmetrical multiplayer is cool um i think it's really mm -hmm. hard to do because it's probably a really difficult thing to balance i've never made yeah. something like that so i can't speak of it but i would assume it's pretty difficult uh the rules were a ton of fun to learn but also extremely like frustrating in a certain way but Oh, uh, dude, you know it's a good game when your rule book references a different rule book yeah. that you have to get. And don't let that scare you. I think I think if you would if I would have read it beforehand, I could have understood it a little bit better, but there's just certain game games that you have to like 
get the board out, get all the pieces down, have three people to read it to truly understand yeah. it. Because, like, there's a point where we, we busted it out and we're like, the third officer, if you have three officers, you can pull two liberation tokens from three monastery. You know, just, like, some insane amount of verbiage. And it's, we're like, what? Yes. It, it was and of- you sit there going, okay, if you have two officers, you can pull three tokens from these two structures. Now, what the fuck is an officer? Yeah. And where do I get those? <laughs> uh, but I will say Root does a, a very cool thing, which I have not seen other board games do, which is it has a very small pamphlet kind of thing inside of the game that's like hey if you have three people this is like we will tell you exactly how to set up and play through the first two turns for everyone so that it will end at a perfectly even spot so that nobody is winning in the first two turns but everyone will have played two turns so you understand the loop and what your like faction does and that was incredibly helpful yeah they also have like boards in front of you with where you can like um you keep track of everything that's going on in your kind of like specific um i keep wanting to say race i know it's something else tribe i mean faction faction there we go factions uh so something that's going on in your specific faction so it kind of like helps you keep track of what you want to do and also i really Mm -hmm. love that they have cards that tell you how to play against other people's factions so it's like Hey, yeah. if the birds are winning, here's what you can kind of do to stop them, and here's what their weakness is. So it's like, it's just really, it's a really neat game, and most games I've played end somewhat evenly. It is two to four players, and I think two players is fun, but it's definitely not as fun as four players. Like, there are some games that are just yeah. unplayable, like board games that are unplayable with two people. It's just not any amount of fun. But this is one I think you can still have a decent amount of fun with, um, but you can only play three of the races really adding the person mm-hmm. who's just playing by himself it it it's not very fun but um yeah. i think that's plenty because all the factions have multiple strategies so um kind of the first one i want to talk about and i'll make the second one brief too i've also been playing a ton of carcassonne i just couldn't fucking decide between these two uh did you yeah, did you have anything fair. else to say about root before i uh no i think it was a it's a really clever really well done game i i and very hesitant of those asymmetric games um, because I think oftentimes it's like, hey, this one faction is a lot of fun to play and the other ones were clearly like throw-off designs, but this does not feel that way at all. And it was really interesting and, and really clever and really fun and you feel like you're doing a lot on your turn. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it's, uh, it's, it's a really good game and it's worth checking I have, out. I have a question for you, Alex. Um, do you think games or like pieces of media with anthro characters we're talking bojack horseman we're talking to we're talking about fucking root we're talking about everything that's got kind of like an anthro a main character do you think it's always kind of cool when they do it well when an animal like a human that anthro character takes on the traits of the animal as well but they're also still like a civilized like human anthro character hmm. I just I just love that. It's like a thing that always works for me. I think if it's done well, it can work really well. I don't the problem is I don't have like a a huge wealth of media to draw from. Mm. Like I think it works really well in Bojack Horseman, obviously, because I think that show's great. Um I think yeah, I've been watching Tuka and Birdie. I think it works really well in Tuka and Birdie. Um but I 
I don't have like a ton of other reference There's points than those two more. that I can pull I mean, from off the top of my head. You can even pull like League of Legends characters out or like Dota characters. Like their abilities and their things that are like, if they're like kind yeah. of like anthro- their abilities are kind of based on that animal. And there's something just like weird where that, if it's done pretty well, it always works for me and it never feels like a cop out. Maybe I'm just a friggin' furry. <laughs> I don't know, dude. But I, I love mean, it. I will say, I will say in terms of games where they do that i do tend to enjoy it a lot because i think one of the things that it does in and specifically again in games is it really like it streamlines the design of a character a lot because you have a a very clear very obvious focal point to return to like hey everything should feel this way everything should look this way everything should like give you the impression of xyz and i think that lends itself to just better designed characters in general um so i think in a, in a lot of ways, that definitely does work. I'm trying to think of media where I feel like it's been done poorly, and I'm also not coming up with too many of those either, mm. honestly. DeviantArt. <laughs> okay. Let's well, move that, on. okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, that, I'm I'm gonna talk super briefly. I'm just gonna take like five minutes to get on a soapbox yeah. about uh, <laughs> super briefly. Super five minutes. Super briefly. Um, Carcassonne is a game where you pull tiles from a big pile of tiles and you place those tiles in a long mile and you make me smile. That was my best at an alliteration. No, honestly, it was very good. I Thank loved you. it. Uh, so, yeah, you do place tiles down, and this is just, like, such a relaxing, strate- like, slightly strategic and, like, partially based on luck game that's just so much fun to play, and I love it. I love it dearly. Like, it's something that I find... The best part about it is I find it relaxing while not feeling dumbed down. So the general Mm -hmm. idea is you draw a tile and then you try to match that tile to a space where the kind of the art of the card matches. So you have like cities and grass and roads and other things like that. So then you put a little guy down on the tile that you just placed and now you have like a person on that piece of land or that piece in that city. And so you're trying to capture it before it's closed because once the drawing, you know, the pieces on the tiles make it closed, you score that place. And, like, there's something that where I don't have a full hand of these tiles where I'm, like, thinking about it ahead of time and, like, having to actively think. There's something so relaxing about drawing one, and that is your fate. Like, that's it. Mm. And you kind of, like, watch someone else um you know plays their tile and i think my very favorite thing about it above all else above me finding it relaxing and strategic is that even though you're against each other throughout the you know pretty much the entire game of trying to score more points than someone else you like make this big like world together like there's something that you made together in a way because it's kind of cool looking like once you put it all together the cities and the roads it's kind of like a little mystifying when you stand back and look at it and that's something i really like that i didn't realize how much i liked till like i thought about it more and kind of just enjoying placing that last tile because it almost feels like putting a puzzle together with you know someone yeah. close and but it's also kind of like a strategic versus game so it's this beautiful combination of making like a puzzle together and also competing in this light strategy um uh, luck-based game that 
I just love. Also, there's like 11 expansions, so you can kind of always mix and match <laughs> them, and it always makes the game different. And it's like, it's just good. Also, the little peep, the little wooden pieces are called meeples, and that's never not fun to say. <laughs> okay, that is I'm no, that's sliding correct. the 100%. Soapbox, soapbox over to you. No, that's good. Carcassonne, I, I, I do want to say Carcassonne is a game that I've played a few times, and it's one of those games that every time it's brought up and every time I like think about it, it doesn't seem like I should enjoy it that much because it doesn't seem like the type of thing that I would necessarily be interested in just because of how mechanics light it is. Um, but it just it works so well, and I don't, I don't know why it's not a game that I constantly want to be playing, but it is definitely one of those games where every single time I sit down, I have a good time. Like you never leave feeling bitter towards anyone. You're never like stressing your mind, trying to work four moves ahead. It's just, it's just a good time. It's just a fun game. And I think more people should play it because I only know like two people that own that game. And I know a lot of people who like board games. Boom. There it is. Play Carcassonne and maybe root. If you have the, have the tolerance for that <laughs> yeah if that's your shit shtick shit if shtick, that's your whatever shit. if listen if, if that's shit. your shit <laughs> whatever you know from us talking about root you know if root would be for you there's nobody out there that's like well i really think monopoly is too much but root sounds like right up my alley like that person doesn't exist unless uh, unless okay well, let's move on let's move that's on the soapbox sliding <laughs> over to you go ahead Take, take Thank a stand you. On I'll take this soapbox and I'll I'll, I'll turn. Hey, a there's stand a dead it. parrot in um, that soapbox. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, like I'm trying to return it, but the store's not giving me credit for it. It's fine. Um, I want to talk about Outer Wilds, and I want to talk about it briefly because I haven't finished the game, but I wanted to talk about it because I played it in 2019, and I think it's an incredible thing. So. The brief pitch, Outer Wilds, and I, I am going to try very hard not to give anything away here because the whole game is Discovery. Um, you play this little alien, and you are an astronaut. You are the, I believe, fifth of your species to be an astronaut, to ever leave the planet you're on. And that's kind of the whole thing. It is, it is, because that's kind of like the thing. It's like, hey, nobody knows what's going on out there. There's four other people out in the world. Um, oh, and, I get it now. Okay, sorry. Yeah. So there are, again, so this the whole game, you you leave this planet in this little, like, rickety-ass spaceship you have, and the, the whole game has, like, tons of character in every single thing it does. Um, but the whole game is basically exploration. Um, you fly to, I think there's, like, six different astral bodies, essentially, because one of them's, like, a comet that you can land on, and you can, you know, kind of explore there and the the central mystery is there is this alien race that used to exist that nobody knows like what happened to them they just haven't seen them around for you know ever um and they have left behind a bunch of different writing and you have an alien like writing translator basically and you fly around finding different you know environments and reading you know what they said and kind of unraveling the mystery of why they were here what happened to them why whatever happened to them happened to them and then what is happening right now because the the central thing of the game is that for a reason that i'm not going to necessarily spoil there is an essentially the game runs on an i think it's a 24 minute loop so every 24 minutes you start over from the beginning but you keep all of the knowledge you obtain. So you keep all of the like, oh, I know this happened. I know like this connects to this. Yeah. And the game, it gives you that information in an incredibly intelligent way. Like it portrays that information. When you go back to your ship, you have essentially a 
I don't know, I, like cop trying to find a serial killer type board where all of the, like, it's just a bunch of pins with strings connecting different parts, except that's like different informations. You have like big boxes that are like, what was like this project? And then like a bunch of small lines leading to smaller boxes that are like, well, on this planet, I found out this about this project and that led me to this. And so you have like a visual representation of everything you've seen in a way that like actually gives you all of the information pretty clearly, which is really cool. Um, also, the environments in this game, like all of the different astral bodies, are very different, and they're very, very cool. Like, the first one I went to, again, so as not to spoil too many of them, um, this is one of the closer one is called the, I think it's called the Ember Twins, or the Ash Twins, um, maybe, again, I haven't played this game in a few months, um, but it's basically two small planets, one that is essentially, you know, Ember, and one that is, like, sand, and they are orbiting around each other while also orbiting the sun, and there is a giant column of sand that connects these two bodies going from the planet that is completely sand to the planet that is completely barren. So as this 24-minute loop continues, the planet that is completely barren begins to get filled up so you have less access to what was on there previously. So you can't get to things that are like on the ground level or underneath the ground. But then the planet that was completely sand, it starts to uncover the rest of that planet. So as that 24-minute loop continues, and again, 24 might not be the right number, but as that loop continues, you start to see like, oh, this structure was buried under there. So I can only examine this structure from minute like 18 until minute 24 when the loop starts over Hmm. Uh, and it leads to a lot of really interesting things where you're trying to like determine where different uh, like bits of information are and how different things connect and how to best optimize a route to get the most information per run and then taking that information and moving to a new astral body to figure out like okay how does that connect um, and it it, unravel, it unravels in a really, really cool way as you continue on. And it, it I have never played a game that had such a lack of a clearly defined goal that I have found so engaging. Mm. Because you just literally, it's just, hey, go explore some shit and figure some stuff out. And then figure more stuff out. And then figure more stuff out. But there's not like... You know, it's not like, oh, figure this out so that you can do X, Y, Z, because that just, it's its not part of the game. It's just getting the storytelling. And the storytelling is, like, really, really, really well written. And it seems like it's tackling, like, relatively heavy themes, and it's tackling them in a very smart way. And it, it is just a masterclass of design and a masterclass of, like, engagement in a game that doesn't have goals. And the reason, the main reason that I stopped playing it was because I just, I'm dying to talk about that with somebody, and I don't want to have finished that game and not have anybody to talk about it with. So I'm trying to convince like three different people to pick it up so that we can be playing it kind of at the same time and talking about it because it's such a cool game and there's so much to discover and it's just unlike anything else I've played before. And I think more people definitely need to play it. I also think it was made by a pretty small team. I think it started out as like a college project and ended up growing over the course of like seven or nine years or something into what it is today that's awesome i mean i yeah, have not it touched it so i don't have a ton to say about it but i learned a lot more about it that maybe i just wasn't listening to you or you didn't know about when you like very first played it um but it sounds mm-hmm. really really neat and i think i'd like to i think i'd like to give it a shot but i do feel offended I that think... you've uh, you haven't asked me to play it so 
I, you know, I mentioned it to you. Uh, I also mentioned it to Michael, who was on the show. I've mentioned it to my brother. Um, I haven't been actively trying for, you know, a couple of weeks to get anybody, but um, I think you would definitely enjoy it. I will say the reason that some people haven't played it, and this is capital G gamers, and most of them can fuck off, is it's on the Epic Game Store. It is not on Steam. I get it. Some people really have one platform that they really like. Um, I'm not going to get into the Epic Games debate right now because I don't have the energy for it. You're all ridiculous. Um, I'm not taking anyone's side. You're just all ridiculous. I will also say in this particular instance where it was a very small team and it started out as a school project, if the Epic Game Store approached this guy and said, hey, we'll give you a bunch of money to finish it and put it on our platform, he would be stupid and not take it anymore with it. So, like, yeah, it'll probably come to Steam in, like, six months or something. Maybe a bunch more people will play it then. But in the meantime, it's fucking phenomenal if you can stomach it or it sounds up your alley. Or if it doesn't sound up your alley and you just seem confused, it is worth getting just just to... see what it is because it is so different and i love how you use the term if you can stomach it like downloading a separate client is something that would make you physically you ill know, <laughs> you know i've been reading a lot of reddit threads and i'm fairly confident some people have died from it given the amount of rage uh, that sounds like a really cool game i wish i had more to say about it but i uh i mean i love majora's mask for that reason of like that kind of like loop and knowing things and like everyone's like howdy how are you doing today sir and it's like i know things Mm -hmm. that you don't know and you know kind of trying to stop this world (laughs) i think that's a ton of fun so i would i'd like that that kind of theme um and yeah i think i'd enjoy it quite a bit yeah i i just wanted to talk about it because i haven't had a chance and more people should play it um but yeah if you want to take this dead parrot soapbox (laughs) squat there you go (laughs) you can go Uh, ahead and uh and get up on that bad boy hold on Punk. Squawk. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hold on. Oh, let me just put my hand in here. And okay. Uh, oh, now look. Look, it's a little fun puppet now. <laughs> oh, that's. Oh, what that's did horrifying. you play in 2019, little little squawky? <laughs> oh, so you what you did was you took the dead parrot, scooped out its insides, and made it a puppet. Yep. <laughs> oh. yep. Well, we've all made choices today. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I've been I've been dabbling. I've been playing Heroes of the Storm. I've been dabbling in Heroes of the Storm again, and I'll tell you why. No one should care whether they win or lose a game of Heroes of the Storm. Now, should's an interesting word to have used that. Yeah, because people do care sometimes, and I think it's <laughs> ridiculous, and... You know, if someone's complaining about whether, you know, if, if we're losing a game as Heroes of the Storm, I say, sorry, my stepdad was playing, which I think is one of you the can- funniest <laughs> bits ever. Can, that leaves people speechless. I can attest to that. He does that. <laughs> what? <laughs> so good. I can attest to that. It's yeah, so yeah. good. Because it's either people think it's funny because, like, they get that it's, you know, a, you know, a general light troll, or they take it serious and they go, "Are you serious? Your stepdad's better than you." Or they'll say shit like that, and it's so funny. I recommend you use it. And if you do play Heroes of the Storm and you see the stepdad excuse, you know it's me. You know it's me. I we probably there won't. You go. But anyways, so it's a game that I've been playing Dota. I've been playing. I played League. Those games take so long. They take so much energy out of me, mm-hmm. and I care so much whether I win or lose in those. 
With Heroes of the Storm, it's 20 minutes. The levels go by so fast, and it's so easy to pick up and understand. Like, it's not a great game, but the maps are different every time. It's a MOBA where the maps are different every time. All the characters are Blizzard characters, and, like, Mm -hmm. there's a certain quality to it where it looks pretty most of the time, and it plays nice enough where the abilities are, like, varying enough, and, like, the characters are interesting enough gameplay wise and they're just willing to just take risks because no one's playing heroes of the storm competitively <laughs> we're like they're like yeah we can do that wild shit like no one's gonna we're not gonna worry about like you know really balancing this for competitive play because that's not a thing so it's balanced for the player it's balanced for the common man not the competitive scene because like i'd have moments in dota where like like man this character's busted and it's like oh no in the competitive scene he's bad and it's just like you're adjusting it for the smallest sex sects of players and not like the everyday man who's just getting on here on the weekends, the weekend warriors of Dota. And like <laughs> I just I just feel like Heroes of the Storm is there for me, you know, when I when I need something to just pop on, get my MOBA fix, and get out as soon as possible. Yeah, man. When you just wanna play a MOBA and you wanna see like jim rayner shoot diablo in the face yeah. and that's all you want like i don't want anything more than that i want to see the big gunman from the future shoot satan in the face while that orc runs to the side to attack a camp that'll shoot lightning at my castle yeah like, i want to see yeah, i want to see a tiny fish boy who's worth a quarter of a kill that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh yeah i mean we've we've played a little bit of that you've been playing a lot more of it than i have i yeah, think definitely. um but uh, it's it's just it's good it's a moba distilled to its base elements and then stripped away a lot of the like competitiveness of it and now that blizzard has kind of because when it first came out it was definitely like oh we'll make heroes of the storm the next big competitive thing no it did not win that way they've they've kind of stepped away from that now and it's definitely better yeah it's it's better after a lot of those changes uh i think i think my by far my favorite part of it i mentioned earlier is just the maps are always different too and like it has a central theme of like you know push to the base but you know there are these like mega modes or like big minions that you can get to push the lanes down and like if you didn't play it because you're like this looks bad because the trailer is really bad and like people complained about it and like i know video game donkey talks some serious shit on it and like i get it i get it like there's a reasons not to like it but i think if you're just looking for something fun, quick, casual, and enjoyable, I think this is a good place to turn. Because I've never been yeah. mad losing a game of Heroes of the Storm. Like, I just don't get upset yeah. when I play it. And that's the best part. Because why am I playing video games to get angry? That's, yeah. I mean, that's true. And that was that was our whole Dota thing. You know, we just played it and we got angry and we kept saying we loved it. And in the end... I don't know if we did or not. Now, but we don't we don't get that feeling after Heroes of the Storm. Now, you said we got angry, which is very very courteous of you. <laughs> because <laughs> well, I would get I would get frustrated yeah. and you would get ruined. I, my day would be ruined and I I thought that I was pretty worthless. So, not a great yeah, so not it a was, great headspace for me, but I'll play it again. Generally not. I'll play good. it again. <laughs> See, that's the problem. It's it like though. I I will fuck with another game of Dota at some point in my life, guaranteed. Yeah. 
but I won't enjoy it if I don't win, and I won't enjoy it if I win and I didn't do yeah, well. And like, because that's the problem. If you win, you still feel like you didn't really win because the other team was just so bad that you got lucky and you won. You either lost or Gabe blessed you with a win. You never won. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But that's enough. I think that's enough MOBA talk. Uh, let me. Um... Okay, uh, and if you want to take this. Oh. I am okay. Just grab that, and I'm. I'm just gonna. I am not stepping on that soapbox anymore. I, I handed is, you the parrot, is, not the soapbox. No, I know, but you slid the soapbox over to me at the same time, and it's very wet. And I'm just gonna push this one out of the oh, way. I mean, there's oh, soap right. in it. Okay. You can just clean the box. <laughs> that's okay. Well, that's maybe that's probably what killed the parrot. Honestly, so there we go. All right, Ate the parrot arc is over. Hey, I'm gonna throw this in the trash. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're coming to the end we here, so I want to talk about. Yes, do you do you have one full game and then another combined game? Because the two games that I have left are our combined one and the other yeah, one. Yeah, do your other one and then we'll do our combined one. That's all I have. Okay, I'm gonna combine them at the same time right wow. now, and then I'll talk about one and then the other because they are very intrinsically like I like them for the same reason. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> that's gonna be an interesting thing when I say that the two games I have to talk about are Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice and Planet Coaster. <laughs> they're um, so in common. You know, ostensibly the same yeah, game. Basically, we don't even um, have to do two separate ones. You could just do one. <laughs> so. Uh, generally, what I'm gonna what I'm I'm gonna talk about with this first one, and then with Duncan and I, you know, the, my take on Planet Coaster that I'm gonna talk about here is the idea of turning, um, and there's a little bit of this in Mario Maker as well. The idea of turning single player games into multiplayer and particularly cooperative experiences. Um, so I'm gonna focus on Sekiro for right now, which is the newest game in the From Software line. From Software famously created, you know, Dark Souls and Bloodborne and Dark Souls Two and Demon Souls and all that good stuff. Um, very, very hard character action games is essentially all you need to know about that that have a lot of, like, hidden stuff in them. Um, and I have played all of Dark Souls 1, about half of Bloodborne, and now all of Sekiro. Um, and I think there's a lot of very good thing- things to say about these games. I think they control incredibly well. I think they are some of the more deliberate games I've ever played in my life that have very much have a, a singular design focus in mind. I think the levels and lore are really good. I don't want to talk about any of that. I think that's all cool. There's a thousand podcasts that talk about it way better than I ever could, so I'm not going to touch on it. What I want to talk about is my unique experience playing through um, Dark Souls 1 and Sekiro recently, which is, for both of these games, 100% of the time I played them, you know, give or take maybe an hour here or there grinding stuff, I played them uh, at my computer on a Discord or Skype call with my brother, who was also playing through them at the same time, and we tried to stay in the same area, going through the same area at the same time. Essentially turning it into, like, a co-op experience where we could be sharing hints and tips and ideas about what was going on without actually being in each other's game, if that makes sense. There's a way to do that in Dark Souls a little bit. There's no way to do that in Sekiro. But it made for such an interesting experience. Like, when we were both bashing our head against the same bosses. And, you know, there's bosses in these games where you you beat the first phase and the second phase goes crazy. And, like, you, you know, it just grows arms out of its back or something stupid like that. That's always a lot of fun. And just to be on Discord fighting the same boss with my brother and then just to hear him go, Oh, Alex, what the fuck? What the fuck? What's going on? What the fuck? And knowing that I have that ahead of me is such an incredibly, incredibly engaging thing. And it changes the experience at a fundamental level. Um, Also, to have somebody there to, like, you know, 
bounce ideas off of to be like, oh, I'm like, I'm really stuck on this guy. And then to be like, hey, do you want a hint? All right, here's, you know, what's been working for me. You know, if, when they jump, you can do this. And it, you know, suddenly the whole fight clicks and it makes it a whole lot easier. Or just to like be experiencing that world together is such a cool phenomena that I haven't been able to replicate in any other game because none of them feel as deliberate as, as these particular games. Like I have in my room, one of the, Four pieces of artwork I have is a long map of the Dark Souls 1 environment that has kind of been, like, put onto a 2D space that's really tall. And I have that partially because it's a really cool fucking piece of artwork, but partially because playing through that game with my brother and having, like, us share tips about, like, oh, you know, like, we could probably make it to this location quicker if we just went through this door and then, like, rolled off that cliff there and then went through that door and then just, like, creating that path to go down together like, it, it was such a... I, I, I feel like I almost lacked the vocabulary to describe what it was because it was such a unique experience. Yeah. Um, I mean... But it, it made me love those games in a way that I have not heard other people talk about them because they're designed to be played as a single-player experience, but that would just... That would frustrate me, and I would quit. I know that for a fact. I would quit before I finished any of those games unless playing them by myself. Like, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. I, I think you have to have, like, a very particular kind of relationship with someone as well to, oh, yeah. to, to play it that way because, like, you know, playing games with someone where there aren't specific features constricting you to the same zone, like, there are people of different preferences where they're like, you gotta be, like, we gotta stick to the, did you go ahead did you you know what i mean or like the the fact mm -hmm. that or just like they're so loose about it that there's no longer anything to talk about like i think that's such a fine balance that you have to find with someone and figure out what your preference is in that in that way um but like that mode of turning single player games into like kind of a cooperative experience not so directly as you know co-op co-op games are but like in the way that you're talking about is something really interesting that I think not a ton of people have talked about to my knowledge, at least in like super popular stuff. And I think it's yeah. a really, really unique way to experience that game. And I find it so like, I don't know. I find it kind of, um, I find it as an activity that if, of a, of a relationship that you have with someone that's like, with your brother that's so like unique that i feel like you just like i just don't may think many people could do it i don't think i could do it because like it's just yes. so difficult to th like to, to think about doing it working like that that i think will stick with you for a while because of the way that you talk about it whenever like we talk about it whenever a new souls e game comes out or from that same studio like you're you're super excited to play it that way and it's so interesting to hear like that is how you see that game in the scope and for me when i tried it out it was just like this miserable solo experience where you know <laughs> sarah's on the couch just playing uh, or like watching her playing something or working on something and i'm like oh my god because i died of the same thing like five times because i'm bad at that game and it's just like it's so isolating and i feel like having someone in that space is like that would make it so much more tolerable so i think that's really cool yeah i think that's it is very cool yes it is 100 percent. i think you said that though it is it is a an activity that is indicative of a relationship it is not a thing that i think a lot of people can enjoy and i will say like there are times when it 
does not enhance the game experience. There are times when, you know, my brother or I beat a boss first try, and then the other one has to fight that boss nine more times while the other person is just sort of, like, either going ahead or sitting around, and you're in that Discord call, like, I can't, I don't want to talk to this person right now because I'm so mad that they're so much better than me at this fucking game, and it's bullshit, <laughs> and fuck them for being good, and this is the worst. So what you're trying um, to say which is, is also like is better than, than you. Well, see, that's 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 actually the super fascinating thing about that is it is not consistent mm. because the boss encounters are so different in those games. There are a number of bosses that I beat first or second try that my brother struggled for a long time on, and there are a number that he beat first try that I struggled for that's a long time on. And that's a really interesting thing to see. Like, wow, these like this is not just you have X amount of skill at this game. It is definitely a different style of play and how that works one way versus the other. Um, a, a bunch of really cool stuff. And I, I could go on and on, um, but I won't because I want to move on to other things to kind of share this general shape. But I do think that is a it's a very, very fun way to experience those games if you have a relationship with somebody where that is possible. But I understand that most people don't and a lot of people wouldn't enjoy that type of experience but it works incredibly well for me personally yeah, that's that's very unique and cool um do you have anything else to say about that before i try and can can i no excuse me go you, go go can you, you can... can you move a little bit i no see this this wet soapbox over there we're not touching that and the dead parrot is in the trash now so now now you and me are just talking oh. now we're just talking there's no more props prop comedy time's over now. Uh, uh... Um, well, I think that's <laughs> all, right, all fine. the time the we have for soapbox. tonight. <laughs> uh, iTunes, uh, no, just kidding. We've got one more game to talk to you about that we've been playing together in a weird way that fits kind of the theme of what Alex was talking about. And I'll talk about it for a little bit, and then we'll kind of talk about it together as well because you, you talked last, so I get my turn now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, yep, that's conversation, baby. <laughs> Um, so Planet Coaster uh, For those of you who don't know Or can tell from the name It is a coaster building Theme park building simulation game um, Very much the same uh, Wave of uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon Or any of those games mm. That came out in that same time Except it's fucking amazing It's really good <laughs> um, It's obviously better than A lot of the uh tycoon games i've played in the past i think it's pretty beautiful for a lot of the rides and scenery and like when you zoom out and see all the lights and stuff like that the character models mm -hmm. are subjective to what kind of style you like but they're very cartoon I think they're and good, animated though. i, like, I them. like them as well but i can see how someone could be like i don't think that looks very good so i understand that but i do like it quite a bit um so We've been playing this in a weird way that started, it started like maybe a year or two ago, I feel like, um, where- No way. Couldn't have been that long, could it? We did it once. Remember? Uh, you're right. Yeah. We did. Yeah. Because I found that old save right. file. Yep. You're right. right. You're right. Where you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I, I think I was, no, you were playing it and I wanted to watch you play it. And because I was just like, let me see your park because we were sharing the game yeah. or something like that. And- he brought it up, and it just turned into this, like, two-and-a-half to three-hour just, like, me watching him play and tell him, like, ah, oh, no, you got to put that there. And just, like, making goofs about the park and, like, 
reading and making suggestions about the different things and like it was just so much fun and so relaxing and like it was a co-op experience again that wasn't directly there mechanics wise but was there communications wise and just like having yeah. that same sense of humor and like you know sense of wanting to make something kind of similar and proposing things back and forth and just kind of having fun with it and not having to actively play something is just a ton of fun and so we started playing it a lot more recently um and kind of like sharing parts with each other and streaming it and things like that and um just really being goofy with it and not trying too hard because i think trying hard in that game would be a lot of fun but i think it's more fun to just make ridiculous parks because we all know your favorite part of roller coaster tycoon was uh you know making the trek and then deleting part of the track and watching everyone die, which you can't really do in here, but you can watch the test test dummies die, which is fun enough. It's yeah. something. It's something yeah. at least. Um, it's it's so it's the ultimate. I think you use this word relaxing experience, right? Like because we we did it like you said once a year or two ago, and then we stopped for a long time because it seemed like a one off thing, and I think it was earlier 2019 maybe very end of 2018 when there was one time like i got home i don't think i got home from work i think it was a weekend or something and i was just really stressed out and like i I wanted i don't want to play a game right now but i do want to just like have a beer and shoot the shit with duncan so it's like oh he's playing roller coaster tycoon like i'll just drink a beer and then talk at him while he's playing roller coaster tycoon and then it just sort of like kept happening and i had like another beer and another beer and i was like oh no 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 you gotta do this you gotta do that you gotta do this and like it was such a change in pace because like well you don't play a lot of cooperative games just to like oh we'll hang out and it'll give us something to do but it's it's still kind of draining in a way even doing something like that like you still have to put a you know a certain amount of effort into it. You're still trying to compete to get to a goal. You're still trying to like work together to solve a puzzle or something. And those are a lot of fun, but this is such a relaxing experience to just be like, let's just get together and do some like super dumb shit while like drinking or just relaxing at the end of the night. And we can, you know, at any point you can just stop and talk about something and it does not interrupt the flow of the game at all or at any point you can just like zoom in on a stupid dumb guest like walking around in circles because they can't (laughs) find the gate out or they refuse to pay the nine and a half dollars for the three roller coasters you've trapped them between and like you can just make jokes about that for a few minutes and it's such a different experience than like actual co-op games in terms of just you don't feel drained afterward you just feel like rejuvenated in a way Yeah, and it's just, like, I think a lot of the times, too, I have a hard time focusing on conversations when I'm playing, like, certain MOBAs or, like, you know, other cooperative or multiplayer games where, like, sometimes I feel like you or I have something interesting to say of just, like, you know, how was your day kind of thing of, like, you know, or a funny story. And, like, I either can't complete the story or I can't listen because I'm distracted by that. And this is just such a nice Mm -hmm. medium of, like, I'm not trying to think about anything. And at any point I can just let the game run and either accrue or drive my bank account into the red. So deep (laughs) where I can't even think about what it's like to have $12. Like I can do one of the two and it's, it's, it's really, it's nice. And I, I have been enjoying it quite a bit. It's good. And it also like allows for a higher level of engagement 
if you want it in terms of like okay well let's actually work to set up like a really interesting section of the park or a really interesting attraction or let's build this roller coaster and see if we can get people to not vomit and pass out by the end of it and give us money for it and the answer to that question is always no it's been no every time yeah and um Uh, it's a it's a cool experience maybe just maybe you'll see something about it later we'll see we're making tests we're making tests absolutely no No promises promises i know i know guys I know five people that listen to this and then the <laughs> one that might be interested in it. I know, but we got to test it out. We got to make sure it's good. If it's not, you won't hear anything about it ever again. If it's great, it's the only thing you'll ever hear about. It'll dominate all forms of media until the heat death of the universe. <laughs> it's because of all the bandwidth for f- streaming audio will be taken and uh, it'll cause too much <laughs> global warming. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, So maybe, maybe. Moral of the story is make single-player games cooperative experiences that they weren't intended to be, and you'll enjoy it. I will never forget the very first time I fucked around with this idea, or one of the first times I fucked around with this idea that wasn't just, like, passing a controller back and forth. I was at a birthday party with a bunch of people for some, like, you know, friend's birthday, and a couple of us were hanging out playing Final Fantasy I, which is a game... You know, a turn-based game where you have four characters, and we turned that into a four-person game by giving each person <laughs> one character, and they got to decide what action that person took when it was their turn. And it was so much fun, and it took so goddamn long. We played that game for like two hours and got the equivalent of like twenty-five minutes, but it didn't matter because it was That's a blast. Awesome. Like it's just, it's a fun thing to do and see if you can find a way to make it a lot of fun. Yeah. For sure. And also, to rewind a little bit, Mario Maker 2, they do have a co-op making mode, but it's a fucking nightmare. So I just suggest that you just watch someone make a level and, like, talk to them about the level and make changes and things like that. We made a really goofy level. Pass the controller. I'm not going to say it. I'm we, not going to say the name we made a or the ID. mildly sacrilegious level. Alex, I think that's all they need to find it. <laughs> uh, yes, because you can't search on names, okay, so I'm not good. worried about Woo! it. Unless it's reached the top charts, I haven't well, checked maybe, it in a but long I won't time. ever look there. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, whoosh, whoosh. Oh, I do want to say, you know, when we were talking about making single-player games co-op, um, did you ever have any bad experiences with like someone trying to get you to watch them play a game when you were younger, like, like? Ooh. where like someone basically hmm. was trying to do what we did with with like planet coaster like you know you did with the souls game with your brother but like it was just bad i don't know so yes in terms of i have had bad cooperative experiences i think the time that comes to mind the most and i don't think i've told the story on the podcast was um I was over at one of my friend's places, like my best friend in high school. I was over at his house, and I was watching him play Animal Crossing. Oh my god! Um, which, which was fine. Like I, you know, I was over at his house like three days yeah. a week. Like we okay. didn't have shit. Like three days during the school week, not including like the you know weekends. Like we didn't have shit to do at a point. So I was just watching him play Animal Crossing, and it was fine. And him and his sister were trading off playing Animal Crossing, and I was watching. And the thing is, his sister is younger than him and was very irritable very quickly. Uh, and so he would do super douchey stuff like 
buy up everything for like his turn and his character and then like give her the controller and she couldn't do stuff and he did a lot of things intended and i forget exactly what he did but it was mostly intended to like get him everything he wanted while also fucking her over at the same time uh, and, and crossing verses. man it, it wasn't intended to be i didn't think that was what was supposed to happen but that's what he decided to turn it into and his sister lost it and again she was probably late middle school early middle school so she ran upstairs screaming oh, at her mom about how her brother was being an asshole and her mom was asleep sick at the time and so she got out of bed stormed downstairs screamed about how her kids couldn't fucking get together and like stay quiet so she could get some fucking rest while she was sick and she took Animal Crossing and she went back upstairs to get some sleep and told them not to play games together and I went home because I was so uncomfortable. My It was my favorite. I loved it. My only story is a pretty short one is that um, I made a friend at high school and um, okay, I said hey you know you, we, you, you should hang out um i said well which house because i can i can go to your house he said, oh, you can, i'll go to your i can come to your house it's not a big deal you live closer to the school mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Said, all right all right he said, I said you know you want you, you want to play like some games and he's like yeah we'll play some games it'll be great said, i'll bring some of my games is what he says i said okay all right sounds good i told him what consoles i all had all right this all sounds I told bad him what console i had he comes over uh he's got a big big like thing of games i'm like oh wow that's a lot of games and i'm looking he's like yeah you can look through them so i'm looking through them and i see a couple like i'm like well which one of these are multiplayer and he's like well these are the multiplayer i was like i think i think this one would be fun he goes yeah it could be um but we could also like we could also play kingdom hearts and i'm like I was oh like, no I, and i didn't know what that was at the time so i was like i don't is that like okay. is that multiplayer he's like uh no <laughs> so i just watch you or do we pass the he's like well it's kind of hard to play or understand so like i could just play it I'm like okay what? and so we put it in and he started playing it and i watched him and i just he was new to me and i was like really uncomfortable and i didn't know how to tell him like you're being an asshole right now and like you just are literally <laughs> borrowing my tv and my ps2 and I just kind of stood there, the and I watched fuck? him play Kingdom Hearts for two hours, trying to make sense of what the oh. fuck was going on, because he's in the middle of the game. And I was just, like, what asking fuck? him occasional questions or trying to make jokes, and he just didn't talk that much. And uh, oh, the and then I just uncomfortably looked through his, uh, through his, through his game binder, and then I went, because <laughs> I was at my dad's house, and I was like, I got to go to the bathroom. And then I went to my dad. Room, and I'm like, Dad, can you can you tell him I, I I got homework to do or something? And so he came in and he's like, Oh, Duncan, that homework you gotta do, you gotta get that done. And I'm like, Oh no, I forgot. Oh no, the big homework. Oh shoot. I'm like you gotta go home, buddy. And he's like, Oh okay, let me just get to a save point. And it took like 20 minutes Uh-oh. to get to the save. Yeah. yeah, I was a little. I, I did this thing. I'll just say one more thing. I did this thing to some of my friends 
where if I didn't want to hang out with them and I was hanging out with someone else, I'd say, sorry, my mom said I'm only allowed to have one person over at a time. But that number what the fuck? That number constantly fluctuated depending on who it was. What? I was such a shitty kid. That's um, the wildest sorry. shit. My mom oh said, well, you had to have two friends over at one time. I'm sorry. And they'd just be standing oh, at wow. the door and <laughs> to close it. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. That's fucking that's awful. That's and I love it. <laughs> Holy shit. What a bad <laughs> excuse. Next time you and, and Colby, if they ever asked. <laughs> I'm just going to say, oh, sorry, Colby. Sarah said I'm only allowed to have one friend, though. It's so funny. Oh, Anyways. so good. That's all the time we have. Unless Alex has any more funny stories, because I love childhood stories about video games. No, childhood stories. I can't put my head back there. I can dip in the bucket once an episode, and that's it. If you enjoy those stories, see Emily is Away Too, which is one of my favorite episodes. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was a good one. So, that was a good one. With that being said, um, please give us a big help. Did you know one one <laughs> podcast a day gets released? No, more more than that gets released. Nope. One a lot more than that. thousand hundred episodes of podcasts get released every day and only two seven 14 maybe get a five-star review on itunes it is a shame Did you know a hundred podcasts get released a day but my mom says i'm only allowed to listen to two <laughs> podcasts <laughs> my mom said i'm only allowed to five-star one podcast <laughs> thoughts from player one please be kind think about how it impacts us and leave us a nice review if you liked it if you didn't like it please send us an email saying what you didn't like about it and we'll try and make it better we love hearing feedback um hey if you didn't uh, like the dead parrot thing, shout sorry <laughs> leave it to yourself leave it to yourself on that one um you know tell your friends uh shout out to my mom who when i was describing an episode of our podcast most recently said that i should really be advertising it more so more people would like listen and then i said mom i'm doing that and she said well i mean what do you, do you have like an instagram or something and i said you had to choose instagram <laughs> your mom is a better social media shout than you are why about put me immediately on oh. blast oh that's beautiful <laughs> That's so beautiful. <laughs> so good. Uh, uh, Alex's uh. mom, you're a treasure. Um, anyways, yeah, that would help us out a ton. It gets us more exposure. Apparently, it's a big thing, etc. If you want us to play a certain game, uh, you can email us at thoughtsfromplayer1, all spelt out, at gmail.com. And uh, we have a Facebook. We also have... Um, uh, what's the other thing we got? A Twitter. Hello, mm, hello, Twitter. Twitter. Uh, thoughts from P1 is the Twitter um, that you can visit. Uh, that's pretty much it. We post pretty much just when episodes release, so it's a glorified subscription. I mean, it could happen. We could post more. I posted just the other day because stuff happened with the developers right. of Devotion, and I wanted to you know, get that information out there. So it happens yeah. every now and again. We, we only tweet the important stuff. 
So, exactly. All that will help us out, and uh, I hope you enjoyed, and we need a new closer. Oh. Hmm. Can we squeeze the word gamers in there somewhere? Um, hold on. Let me look up. Let me look something up real quick. Okay. All right. I, I didn't have to look it up. I remember it. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Gamers are good. Gamers are great. And we thank them for this play. Amen. We can't. We can't do that one. Ah, shoot. All right. All right. Um, What's a good sign off? We need just a good sign off. Gamers are great. Was it the fact that I said gamers twice that that threw you off? What about like, uh, you know, just a, what's, what's a good 20? It's, a, it's 2019, baby. We're heading into year three. This episode will come out basically the time year three starts for us. Third time's the charm. Third time's the charm. Is that our new closer? No, I am completely divorced from this. So anybody who's been listening this late into a podcast episode, which I think statistically is probably no one because everyone turns podcasts off by the time they start reading social media yeah. stuff. Ain't that fucked up? It's, we got to put it in hey, the middle. you're all dumb. Got him. Got him. They don't even know. Fucking got him. Nice. Hey, can our podcast closer just be us <laughs> insulting the fans who probably aren't listening? <laughs> What's up, you dumb babies? Look at me. I hate the Epic Game Store. Man, yeah, yeah, Fucking yeah, dumb, dumb gamer babies. <laughs> That's all tonight, dumb gamer babies. Thank you. And I love you. Good night, dumb, dumb gamer babies. That's, I don't know. Nailed it. Nailed it. That's all tonight, dumb gamer babies. Thank you, and I love you. Good night. <laughs> That's a great close. <laughs> and then the music fades out, right? <laughs> yeah, something in there will work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're editing this one, right? Yeah, something in there will work. <laughs> no, it's you. It's you. Oh, me too. What's your 2019 motto? What's your motto for 2019? What do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas and then we come back in December and we see if you got it? (laughs) 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 So nothing. So nothing. (laughs) It's so funny. (laughs) Oh, Oh my word.